Hi, and welcome to this week's edition of the Ocean View Podcast. No matter where you're at in our country or around the world, we thank you so much for taking the time to listen. Now sit back and enjoy this week's message. Well, if you're just joining with us, uh, we are in the midst of a Christmas series uh, wrapped in wonder, and we've been uh, kind of following the Christmas story over the last few weeks. Uh, if you remember a couple weeks ago, we talked about Zechariah and Elizabeth and the birth of John the Baptist, and uh, we talked specifically about uh, the importance of that step of faith, of being caught in the middle and, and really kind of taking a step of faith and trusting who God is. And last week, we unpacked the story of, of Mary and, and what it really meant for her in her life uh, that really for her, the angel had good news, but it wasn't the news she wanted to hear. It was actually uh, terrifying news, but she had the step of faith to say, God, whatever it is, I'm willing to do so. And today, uh, today is exciting for me because today, if there ever was a message for me, I, I know for 17 years, I needed to hear this message today. Uh, and if you're in this room and, and maybe you're, you're kind of like me for a lot of years where uh, you put a smile on your face, you walk into a, a room like this, maybe it's your first time in church for a long time, uh, but you, you, you kind of sit around and you look at people that you know or people that you think you know, and uh, you say, oh, gosh, I, you know, I wish I had the looks of that guy. Uh, you know, gosh, you know, maybe you're single and you're saying, oh, I'm alone this Christmas. And, you know, look at them, the perfect couple. You know, I wanted him or I wanted her and look at them. They're all happy now. And, you know, and you, you pray against them. You ever done that before? It's not, you shouldn't do that. That's not good. Uh, but, you know, or you shot block prayers. You ever thought, you know, you sit there and say, God, whatever they're praying, I shot block it because I don't want good things to happen to them. Have you ever done that? I've done that before. Um, not really, just kidding. But anyway, um, I'm going to get myself in trouble. But anyway, in this room, you, you kind of walk around and you do the comparison game. You kind, you kind of look at others and you wish you had what they had. You wish you looked like they did. Um, and maybe you're here in this Christmas season. There is something that, that you want to be better at. Um, in fact, I would probably say during Christmas time, a lot of us, um, if we're really honest, we get to the end of the year and we say, you know, I want to be better. In fact, it might be something like this. Maybe some of you want to be better in your family. You want to be a better husband. You want to be a better wife. You want to be a better son. You want to be a better daughter. And maybe as you look at that, you say, you know what? Last year I said that I would do this better. I would do this more. I would, I would be this. And for whatever reason, almost 12 months later, you're in the same boat. Maybe it's not your family. Maybe it's your friends. Maybe you'd say, you know what? I need to invest in one new friend. I, I don't get out. I don't have any friends. And if there's something I need to do, I need to get around others that are like me so I can pour into them. They can pour into me. Maybe you need to be better the friends that you have. Maybe you're, it's all about you. And you say, you know what? Gosh, you know, I have such good friends and, and I'm, I'm not treating them the way I should. Or maybe you need to reconnect to a friend that you've kind of lost touch with. And you say, you know what? Gosh, I need, I need a breakthrough. I need to take a step of faith. So maybe it's about friends. Maybe this Christmas, it's about your spiritual life. Maybe it's about God. Maybe you say, you know what, God, I, I, I promised that I would begin to learn more. I promised I'd be more consistent. I promised that I would listen more. You know, I, unfortunately, I would say a high percentage of people who pray, they forget that prayer is not just talking at God. It's actually listening to him. And that is the huge component of prayer. And maybe you need to do a little more listening. Maybe you'd say, you know, I want to do more. Maybe you'd say, you know what, I want to be more. I want others to look at me and to see Jesus. I want them to see goodness. I want them to see character. I want them to see integrity. And right now, I don't feel like I'm portraying any of that. Well, if you're in the room, and, and I would say this, hopefully one of those aspects has touched you. And hopefully one of those things you resonated with, say, yes, Terry, thank you for reminding me. That's one thing I need to do better. Here's the danger. If that list went up and none of that touched you, 
then either one or two things are possible. You either are perfect, which by the way, you're not, and only Jesus was, or you fall into apathy, which is basically like nothing can change or will change. And so I'm just going to live my life the way that I want to live my life and nothing else is going to happen. Well, if that's you, then you're going to be introduced to a group of people um, who in a million years never thought that they could change, never thought God could do anything special. But God specifically chose this group of people to teach you and I a lesson for today. So if you have your Bibles, we're going to turn to the book of Luke, chapter 2. And we're going to begin in verse 8. You can follow along on the screen here or if your iPads or iPhones or your Bibles as well. Here we go. It says, That night there were shepherds staying in the fields nearby, guarding their flocks of sheep. Also, let me kind of share a little bit. So in the fields surrounding Jerusalem in the area, there were a lot of shepherds. Why were there a lot of shepherds? Well, truth be told is, is they had what we call a sacrificial system. That in order to worship God, you needed to bring a sacrifice. You needed to be able to offer the sacrifice, which was pleasing to God. And the sacrifice usually involved animals. And so there were a lot of shepherds guarding sheep. And truth be told, they would take the sheep and they would go ahead and sell them. And they would, it was a big system. It was a money changing system. And so the shepherds are in the field. They're hanging out. Um, But did you know this about shepherds? That when people would pass by the shepherds, it wasn't like today's Christmas pageants. Now, when you go to a church and you see a Christmas pageant and you see little shepherds, usually it's, you know, a nephew or niece or a son or a daughter that, you know, they have the, the robe on and they've got the staff and they're there and they're in the group of people. And you say, oh, they're so cute. Oh, I love the shepherds. They got the sheep. They're wonderful. No, this isn't that kind of pageant. In fact, the shepherds of that time were despised. They were known like tax collectors. If you know anything about biblical culture, tax collectors cheated the people, had no character, no integrity, and people loathed them. The shepherds were one and the same. And so as people would walk past the shepherds in the fields to go to Jerusalem to offer sacrifices, they would spit on them. They would look down on them. They didn't want anything to do with the shepherds because there were those kind of people. Now you might say, Terry, that's not fair. Those poor shepherds. Why? Well, it's very simple. In order to be a good shepherd, you had to be where? In the fields. And you had to be watching and guarding your sheep. Well, by Hebrew law, if you were someone that honored God and you worshiped God, you needed to go sacrifice to God on a consistent basis, which means you had to go worship God. Well, if you were a good shepherd, that flew in the face of worshiping God. You needed to stay in the fields. And so the shepherds chose their profession and hung out in the fields and they never worshiped God which allowed the people to look and despise them. But also the shepherds in the fields also thought God must despise me because I don't worship him. So not only do people despise the shepherds, the shepherds despise themselves in the eyes of God because they knew I'm so far from God. There's nothing God can ever do because he's angry at me. And watch what God decides to do to a group of shepherds. Take a look at this. Suddenly an angel of the Lord appeared among them. And the radiance of the Lord's glory surrounded him. And they were terrified. Okay, all of you historical people in the room. I'm a history teacher. I used to teach secondary education. I taught history, love history. Did you know that the number one most consistent and referred to upon historical document is called the Bible? Did you know that? That's actually where we get a lot of our history from. You might not believe it, but that's true. Actually, when you look at your textbooks and different things like that, a lot of the information that builds our textbook from historical society comes from actual scripture because it was a historical document. And what I love about this is, and if you don't read your Bibles, you need to read your Bibles for this reason, is to pause on they were terrified. Because that scripture I just read you, if you really think about it, a shepherd was a courageous person. 
Because back during that time, you didn't have any electricity. You didn't have lights and everything else like that. So when the moon went behind the clouds or there was no moon that night, it was pitch black. And the shepherds were out in the wilderness and they were listening to sounds. I don't know about you, but I'm afraid of the dark. I am. I don't like to be out. I mean, you go ahead and try and be in a pitch dark place and listen to sounds. It will freak you out. And so the shepherds are out there and they weren't afraid of anything. And so here you have all kinds of animals that will come out to try and take a sheep and they had to guard the sheep. So shepherds were courageous. They weren't afraid of anything. But yet I love the Bible because historically they wanted you and I to know that something happened that made those that were most courageous become afraid and freaked out. They were terrified. So something important happened. And the important thing was this. The angel reassured them, don't be afraid. I bring you good news that will bring great joy. And we just lit the candle of joy today to all people. Don't be afraid. Don't be afraid, shepherd. I'm choosing you because I'm going to bring something of great joy. Now, I love putting myself in the role of the shepherd because when I sit there, I am not worthy of God. I don't worship God. I do all the wrong things. I'm despised and I cheat people. Did you know this about shepherds? They would often confuse what was thine for mine. Think about that for a second. They were known thieves. Shepherds, historically speaking, they were known to take advantage of people. And so here, not only shepherds don't worship God, they're in the fields, they're despised by the people, they also cheat people all the time. And here, God sends an angel to break through the silence to tell these shepherds, hey, I want you to do something. Lean in, lean in here. Just hold on with me for one second. This is pretty amazing. The angel went to the shepherds and said, hey, I got a job for you, shepherds. Yeah, you who are despised and you who don't think you're worthy enough, I'm gonna give you the news that a Messiah is gonna be born in Bethlehem. And here's what I want you to do. I want you to go there and I want you to witness it. But then your job is you're to go and tell everybody. Now pause. If you're a shepherd and you're a thief and everyone despises you, what the angel just said is, hey, I want you to go into the town of the person you just pickpocketed and I want you to go tell them, hey, trust me, Messiah's here. It's amazing. It doesn't make sense. The angel picked the worst group of people to give testimony. Do you want to know why too? You history people, you should know this. The shepherds, if something happened during the Roman kind of court period and everything else during that time, if something were to happen, if someone was to get mugged, if someone was to get robbed and you were to bring them before the high council or anything and you were to say, hey, I got a witness. I got a witness who saw this happen and you were to bring a shepherd in who actually witnessed it, the high council or the priest or anybody would look and say, ah, no, 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 no. Throw that shepherd out. Shepherds were not allowed to testify. Why? Because of their character and integrity. Nobody trusted a shepherd. And so the angel comes to the shepherd and said, you are chosen by God for a purpose and I'm gonna choose you to give testimony. Isn't it great? It doesn't make sense. For those of you who sit there in this room and say, that doesn't make sense, you're right. If you're taking notes, I want you to write this down. Jesus is in the business of changing those that don't believe they can change. Jesus Christ is in the business of changing those of us who don't believe we can change. 
You think you're far from God. You think that God doesn't care about you. You think you've done too much in your past. You think there's no way that I could ever change. My family, my friends, I don't have enough character. I don't have enough integrity. I failed too many times. My wife won't believe me. I've messed up so many times. There's nothing different that can happen this Christmas season. Well, then you don't know the shepherds. And you don't know what Jesus is about because Jesus chose the shepherds specifically because he's in the business of changing those who don't believe that they can change. And those shepherds absolutely did not believe they could be anything more than what the angels said. Continue on in verse 11. The Savior, yes, the Messiah, the Lord has been born today in Bethlehem in the city of David. And you will recognize him by this sign. You will find a baby wrapped snugly in strips of cloth lying in a manger. And suddenly... The angel was joined by a vast host of others, the armies of heaven praising God and saying, glory to God in highest heaven and peace on earth to those whom God is well pleased. Could you imagine the shepherds? The armies of heaven opened up. The skies lit up. And here are these shepherds. Why is this happening? Why us? Why me? It's very simple. I I say this, if you come to our church from time to time, I always say God doesn't use perfect people. God uses broken people for his perfect plan. And he's in the business of going after those of us who don't think we're worthy, those of us who think we're unworthy. In fact, God knows that he can do much with a heart like that. If you feel like that, I want you to really pay attention to the screen and write this down. Jesus can change what needs to be changed if what needs to be changed is offered for change. Jesus can change what needs to be changed if what needs to be changed is offered for change. For 17 years of my life, Jesus was after my heart and wanting to change my heart. But I'll be honest with you, I didn't want to give him my heart and I didn't want to offer that to be changed. And I'll never forget one night, and if you've ever come to Starting Point, you've heard me say this story before, but here's exactly what I prayed. This is the exact prayer. When I was 17, 18 years old, here's the exact prayer of my heart. God, I don't know if you can do anything. I don't know if you have the power to do anything in my life, but here's the deal. I promise I will open my heart. And if you can change it, do it. God, I don't know if you can do it. I don't even believe I'm skeptical, but I'll tell you what, I'm going to offer, I'm going to open myself up. This is the area of my life. At that time, it was my heart. Here's the area of my life that needs to be changed. And so I tell you what, you got free, free will at it. Go for it. And if you can change me, do it. Be careful when you do that. Because Jesus has the power to change that needs to be changed if we will offer it to be changed. And the shepherds are there. And they're ripe for a change in their life. Now, let me set the scene. Pay attention to this. This is 2.15. When the angels had returned to heaven, the shepherds said to each other. What do you think they said to each other? Could you imagine? I always love playing this. And you should do this in the Bible. Don't just read and just, you got to imagine. You need to really open your minds. Because scripture doesn't kind of say, what did Bartholomew say to Thomas? You know, the the shepherds. I always kind of play that role in my mind. Okay, there's Bartholomew, there's Thomas. They're there, they're shepherds. This just happened. I mean, if I'm Bartholomew, I look at Thomas and go, what was that? That was freaky. I, I, I got a little too close to the bush over there. You know what I'm saying? It, it, it's, I knew I shouldn't have ate the leaf. It just whacked me out, man. I, I, I just saw something I don't believe. It just wake me up. 
Can you hit me in the face? Smack me in the face. I'm out of it. Because that's what I probably would have said. And when I would have really thought about it, I would have said, you know, wait a minute, angel, you want me to go tell people? Wait a minute, you want me to go to Bethlehem? I robbed people in Bethlehem. You want me to go there and tell them about the Savior of the world? You got the wrong guy. There's no way. And here's what happens. Because some of you right now, you know where I'm going, and you're saying to yourself, I'm not worthy, I'm not worthy, God can't do anything different. And you're like, well, maybe he can. But here's what we do. And this this happens. This is real in life. Uh, This is me. I know it happens. You ramp up what we call the excuse machine. And here's what the excuse machine said. It's pretty amazing. It comes in different languages. Absolutely. If you have, you have one of these, don't you? I have one of these all the time. And so when someone challenged me and said, hey, you can do this right away, I, I, I hear in my own language, like, no, you can't. You're not good enough. You're not strong enough. You don't have enough. You can't do this. If you're Spanish, you hear it in your own language. No way. I don't know how to say it in Spanish, but you get it. You just hit the button and it says the excuse machine ramps up. Here's what it says. It'll take too long. No, no, no. I can't do that. No, 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 no. No, wait, wait too long. You know, God, you want me to do it? No, no, no. Too long. They won't. And God, you want me to go where and say what? No, they won't. They won't. I already know God because I'm God and because I know the future and I know exactly what they're going to say. And so don't I look smart, God, because I'm God and they won't. This is exactly how it's going to play out, God. And let me inform you. I know you're, you're infinite and I know you know everything, but I'm going to, Terry's going to tell God what's going to happen because you have fallen asleep. That's what the excuse machine does. I can't. No, I can't. There's no way I can do this. I can't. It's too much. Too much. It's too hard. It's too hard. Anybody have an excuse machine? Oh, I got one and it plays all the time. All the time. And if I'm Bartholomew or Thomas the shepherd, I ramp that puppy up. Don't worry, it didn't run on batteries. I mean, somehow magically it just, it it even transcends generations. So they had an excuse machine. And here are the shepherds. Too hard, too much, got too close to the bush. It's amazing. The shepherds had every reason to listen to the excuse machine. They had every reason. They were despised, they were rejected, they were abandoned. But let me tell you what they did. They turned the excuse machine off. And they actually trusted. And the next four words in Scripture, if, if, you, are, if you love the Bible, you should go either right now or later. You should take a highlighter. You should highlight these next four words. And these four words you should hold on to for the next couple of weeks. Because when God challenges you at your weakest place, when God says you can be a better husband, when God says you can love her more, when God says you can listen better, and you right away turn the excuse machine up, these next four words you need to hang on to. And here's what the shepherds said to one another. Let's go to Bethlehem. But wait, that guy that you robbed, is. let's go to Bethlehem. But they're not going to believe us. Let's go to Bethlehem. But I mean, how do we know? I mean, you were next to the bush. Let's go to Bethlehem. Let's go to Bethlehem. Maybe just maybe this Christmas can be different. Maybe God has the power. And maybe if I offer my heart, if I allow him to take ownership, things will be different. Let's go to Bethlehem and let's see this thing that has happened, which God has told us about. Let me illustrate this a different way. You know, um, Sometimes change can happen in the most unexpected places. If you've ever had friends or family members in your life where you peg them out, 
You knew the future. No, 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 there's no way this person could do this. No way. My brother will never do this. That's not his character. No, he will never change. My dad will never do this. No, it's not going to happen. And then for whatever reason, God intervenes and they change. This happened to me the other night. It, it, was, it was pretty radical. Something that comes from unexpected places. I'm sitting at, uh, with my son, Connor, and we were um, at the, I think it was after dinner, and we decided that we just were going to do devotional together. And so I pulled it up. And uh, by the way, parents, it's part of our curriculum. And all you have to ask is four days a week, they give you a little God time card, and you can have a five-minute conversation with your kid. And you could talk about God, and it's pretty incredible. So I pulled one up on my computer, and I sat there. I sat next to Connor, and we started talking. And at the end of the conversation, you know, we were talking about the Christmas story. It was really the same thing we're talking about in here. And um, do you ever have those moments as a parent where you see them really pondering and you think, wow, they're listening to everything that I just said. It's a, this is a powerful moment. And then out of their mouth, it seems like they were not even in the same universe as you. And they bring up something out of left field and you're like, what? So here we are, we're talking and, and Connor's pondering and thinking, and I get done with the story. And all of a sudden he looks at me and he said, Hey dad, why do we close our eyes when we pray? And I was like, what? He's like, yeah, why do we close our eyes when we pray? And I said, oh, uh, oh, okay. Uh, well, you, you heard what I said. Yeah, 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 I heard the story. Dad. Yeah, 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 thanks, thanks a lot, Dad. You know, you're a pastor. You get long-winded. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, why do we close our eyes when we pray? And so I said to him, I said, well, son, I said, I think the reason why we close our eyes is because we really want to make sure that we're focused and we're actually praying when we pray. And he said, but Dad, he said, why would people not be focused when they pray? I said, well, that's a good question, son. I said, maybe you get distracted. He goes, yeah, but if you're going to pray, then you should be focused on prayer. And I'm sitting there and I'm going, yeah. And he said, so why do you need to close your eyes if you're going to pray? And I said, I guess you don't, son. If you're focused on praying, you don't necessarily have to. And he said, okay, dad, can we pray? I said, sure. And then out of the mouths of bays, my son said the most articulate prayer with his eyes wide open, not distracted at all. That afternoon, my son taught me something about prayer. From the most unexpected places, God can do miraculous things. And the shepherds are the most unexpected place to learn a lesson about what it means to trust God. And so for some of us in this room, maybe just maybe the shepherds are what you need to hold on to, to remind you of that fact. Let's finish the story. Luke 2, 16, 19. They hurried to the village. They found Mary and Joseph, and there was the baby lying in the manger. After seeing him, the shepherds, don't miss this. This is why the Bible's so cool. Now you know the context. The shepherds told who? Everyone. They told everyone what happened. And what the angel had said to them about this child. Hey, you, yes, sorry about picking your pocket, but hey, the Savior's born, it's incredible. We'll see you later, I know you're mad. But they told everybody. They did exactly what the angel had asked them. They actually trusted and believed. And watch, don't miss this, don't miss this. All who heard the shepherd's story were astonished. But Mary kept all these things treasured in her heart and thought about them often. All the people who heard the story were astonished. Probably because it came from shepherds. Probably because of the incredible story 
that God wanted to tell. Here's where I, I just want to lean in to some of you today. So we go to church a lot, and, and there's a phrase that I, I typically say. Let me just un, uncover the veil for a second as a pastor. My greatest prayer every Sunday morning is not to sit here and to articulate well, not for me to have the right words to say. My greatest prayer is that I would get out of the way and allow God to speak. It's my greatest prayer. And then on top of that, the greatest sign of that happening is what happens on Monday. We can all have a great time in here and all of us can shout amen and we can sing at the top of our lungs and we can be really excited. But if nothing changes this week, what's it for? My greatest prayer is for some of you that are shepherds in this room, that you would actually believe and that maybe today you would actually say, you know what, this is the area that I'm weakest and I don't think it can change. But today I'm going to offer that to God. And I'm going to say, God, I don't think I can change. I don't think it can get better, but I'm going to allow you to have it. The question facing all of us today is, are we going to stay in the fields or are we going to go to Bethlehem? Are we going to do what the shepherds say? Because the truth is at Christmas time, Christmas was never meant to be a holiday and it was always meant to be a holy day. Christmas was meant to be a holy day. Advent was meant to draw us to an amazing day to remind us of the power that Christ has to change all of us. Christmas is the same every year out in the fields, but for those who go to Bethlehem, their lives will never be the same. Watch and see what happened to the shepherds when they went back to the fields. Take a look at this in 2.20. The shepherds went back to their flocks, glorifying and praising God for all they heard and see. Don't miss this. The shepherds who were despised, who didn't worship God, who were far away from God, they went back to the fields and instead of sitting there and just talking about sheep, they started praising and worshiping God. Their lives changed forevermore. It's as if they were staying in the fields and said, well, let's go to Bethlehem and let's see what God can do. They went to Bethlehem. Their lives were changed forevermore. I'm sure for some of those shepherds, they became better husbands. I'm sure their families had a better spouse, a better wife, a better son, a better daughter. For some of those shepherds, I'm sure that they looked and they said, you know what, God, I need to be kinder. I need to invest in a friend. I need to be better to the friends I have. I need to reconnect to a friend that I have. And I'm sure for those shepherds, they said, I want to grow closer to my God. I want to learn more. I want to listen more. I want to do more. I want to be more because their lives were changed question facing all of us is, is, will you go to Bethlehem? And who will you go to Bethlehem for this year? Will you stay in the fields or will you actually offer up and say, God, take it? I don't think you can do it, but like a shepherd, you're in the business of changing those who don't believe they can be changed. Would you pray with me? Heavenly Father, right now I, I am... I join my brothers and sisters watching online, sitting in this room. Maybe they're listening by podcast. And Lord, right now, I join with them in this prayer. And if you're in this room and you feel your heart pounding, then I, I, I want to offer up a prayer. And I would just ask if, if, this is, if this is the posture of your prayer, then echo it in your heart. Dear Jesus, I come to this place so much and I don't believe that I can change. God, this area of my life right now, I don't believe that it can change. 
And God, that's exactly where the shepherds were. And so right now I confess that I'm a shepherd. And Lord, right now, I just say to you with a doubtful heart, God, help me to believe. God, here's what I'll do. I will offer this area of my life up to you. And God, right now I say, take it. And Lord, I say, if you can change me in this area, do it. And I mean that with my heart. And so God, take this, change me, show me every moment of day. Give me, Father, give me that desire every morning to strive. And God, I thank you that because of this message, because of the testimony of the shepherds, that when I ramp the excuse machine up, Lord, I can turn it off because it's nothing but excuses. So God, right now, I offer, I offer you my heart. I tell you, I love you. And I tell you, God, may you take and may you do incredible things with my life from here on out. I love you. For it's in Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Thanks so much for listening to today's podcast. If you would like more information about the ministries at Ocean View, or if you'd like to speak to someone directly, you can visit our website at www.ovbc.org. Thanks again for listening. Have a great day.